With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash all Steelers talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. We got a very special show for you. Some hits and headlines with Roderick Jones and JP George Pickens making some, uh, we'll say false headlines for lack of a better term right now. A beautiful sunny day rounding out a Father's Day weekend. I hope all the fathers, all the pops out there had a wonderful Father's Day. Thank you to uh, our shout out, a special shout out to our boy, Derek Bell, who is yeah, the grandfather, absolutely. the father of all Steelers talk. Gotta love him. Hope uh, he had enjoyed his Sunday as well. It's a beautiful day in the Berg. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, this weekend, I was hanging out with um, Noah Hiles, Pittsburgh Post. Nice. He invited me nice. over to his house. He uh, For his birthday, his dad got him this like whiskey tasting. So we were, like, sitting on his back porch, enjoying some whiskeys. You know, he had some cigars. I was felt very Italian. I was at this, this shirt, the top two buttons unbuttoned. I was, I just needed a chain to complete the look. It was, it was, a, <laughs> it was a nice, uh, it was a nice time. But yeah, avoided all the Taylor Swift madness. But it, it was a good weekend. Yeah, I almost forgot that Taylor Swift was here this weekend. That does sound uh, like a phenomenal. You should have texted me. I got, I got plenty of chains for you. Plenty of chains. I got a couple <laughs> of pinky rings. If you need a pinky ring, I got anything. Yeah. I got a pinky ring with Lonza inside the pinky ring. So you need, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. You need some Italian jewelry. You just, just mm-hmm. let me know. I got plenty. I'm always here to help. I did forget Taylor Swift came. There was, uh, there were Swifties everywhere. Like I, uh, I've never oh, yeah. seen anything. I tried to compare it. My dad actually gave me a good comparison yesterday. Cause he was telling me, he was like, yeah, it's like when I used to go follow the grateful dead and all this. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, like that's as close as it gets right now. I right. live. 20 minutes outside the city and my neighborhood was slamming with Swifties. Like it right. was insane. I'm sure Southside was. Yeah, it was pretty, place. it was mobbed, but also like you couldn't like you walk past like every bar with like their doors open and every one of them played Taylor was playing Taylor Swift. at the same time. Like <laughs> they, they took over the touch tunes or whatever was in there. Like it was, and then also you like, you can't open Instagram without like seeing someone post something on their story from, Oh yeah. From, oh yeah. From the last night. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was wild. She set a new record that uh, I don't even know was held by the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the most she she now owns the attendance record at Acrisure Stadium. Pittsburgh's going to have to get that one back this year. Don't know. For a while, Pitt had it. Was the, it Pitt? They, was it the West well, Virginia yeah, they, game? 
No, I don't think it was this West Virginia game. When they played Penn State, I think either my mm. freshman year of college or um, in like 2016, I think, when they first brought that game back, I think those both set attendance records. Wow. I'm, That's I'm, I'm wild. 100% sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Steelers got to step that one up. They should <laughs> most certainly own the record at their home stadium. Field yeah, right I know. There. I always thought it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess. I don't know. The NFL you watch from, I would, I would watch an NFL game from home. It gets cold. Also, you got like four games before you're like, okay, yeah. I'm good. I'm good yeah, sitting yeah. outside. All right. Let's dive into some news and notes here. Broderick Jones is where we'll start named a quote unquote loser during mini camp from the athletics. Mark Caboli wasn't really a uh, he didn't perform well. It was more of a didn't make a bunch of headlines uh, to to pull it right from the article itself. Quote, I hate to label the first round pick as a loser based on what he showed the past month because offensive line play cannot be judged until the helmets and pads go on. The Steelers always allow competition to play out. Rarely do they name someone a starter just because of their tenure, their paycheck, or draft status. It appears that Moore is going to make Jones fight for his spot on the roster, and that is why Kaboli believes he's a loser because he didn't come in here, and I think the fans had an expectation that he was immediately going to be that franchise left tackle. He definitely has to earn it. I think that's the mindset that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to hold. They're not going to change it anytime soon. Do you view it the same way? Do you view Broderick Jones as a minicamp quote-unquote loser or do you have different thoughts? Well, I think this is more about, honestly, Dan Moore being a winner than yeah. Roger Jones being a loser. And I think that's something that Kaboli, uh, Kaboli said in in his article. But, yeah, this is, I think, less about Broderick and less about anything he did during minicamp and just more about the situation around him. Um, and it seems like everyone is generally comfortable with with that, you know, with the situation that he's in and with the guys that are in front of him and and the opportunities that he has to to learn and to kind of take this slowly, take this more slowly than uh, and kind of throw him to the fire and, and really make him, I don't know, and, and kind of put a lot on his shoulders and put like protecting your franchise quarterback on on a rookie's shoulders who is also and like a raw product. He's got a long way to go. Like this, I still kind of I still think that by the end of the season, Broderick Jones is going to end up starting, if not at least playing some significant snaps. But, yeah, I, I think everyone can be comfortable with the idea that Dan Moore is capable and especially, like, you talk about those first few games of the year yep. when you're handling guys like Max Crosby and uh, Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa. Is Joey? Which which Bosa's Nick, on? Nick Bosa's on the 49ers. Nick, yeah, I always get those confused. Yeah. But, you know, you can feel very comfortable going into those games and saying Dan Moore is more than capable of of handling those guys and handling those first few starts, and, and you kind of go from there. Yeah, I agree. I think that Dan Moore right now is is a winner. Like, I was going to name the winners and losers, but I kind of saw everybody else do it, and I get kind of – I'm not a follower, never have been. I always try to find my own little route there. <laughs> so I saw everybody's winners and losers. When I was putting my list together during that final week of minicamp, Dan Moore was on my winners, and I think that's just because of two things. One, the Steelers have shown trust in this guy. They haven't. If they wanted to, they would have removed him immediately. That's exactly what they did at cornerback. You know, Joey Porter Jr. is already playing as a starter right now. They've done that with multiple roles in multiple different positions this offseason and in offseasons past. This year, they said Dan Moore is, is for right now our starting left tackle. On top of that, he's kind of shown his progress and said, hey, look at I'm I'm ready to be a leader. This is my fourth year or my third year in the NFL. I'm surely ready to step into more of a veteran status and 
he started working as the right tackle as well, just to make sure that he's ready to go. I think that Dan Moore really kind of caught the hearts of the Pittsburgh Steelers during minicamp and during OTAs. And I think that goes a long way. I think that's what Kaboli was kind of trying to emulate there and not necessarily just take a jab at Broderick Jones. Do I think Broderick Jones, you know, is, is going to ever end up a winner this, this summer? I, I honestly, I don't know. Like, I think that right now it's, it's a waiting game. He's got to really flash something during training camp to earn that starting job. I think it is a rocky road to climb for him just because Dan Moore has solidified himself so well into that role this offseason and and has gained the trust and has been a, a position that the Steelers or in a position that the Steelers have, have said, hey, you know, we've replaced Kevin Dotson. We're set to replace you. We already know that. But at the same time, we're going to kind of let him earn it and you kind of stay in that role for the time being. I think that labels him a winner. I think Broderick Jones has a lot to prove still, but you know, do I think it's a big deal that he was named a loser? No, I think people were, especially like some publications were putting out there. Like, are you kidding me? This is really, this is really a loser. I'm like, yeah, well, what did you make a headline? Every other rookie made a headline at minicamp. Every other one, like not him, not Broderick Jones. Um, The other, the other news that I want to talk about George Pickens, who, you know, this one, uh, this one gets me a little gets me a little fired up. Maybe mm-hmm. um, there's a quote that is surfaced on the Internet here from NFL rookie watch who has ninety one thousand followers on Twitter. Ninety one thousand followers have seen this tweet and have somewhat like put it into the, themselves as this is this is the truth. Uh, the the quote that they're using is Jackson or uh, excuse me, George Pickens rookie year is reportedly viewed as a quote unquote failure by Steelers wide receivers coach Frisman Jackson. Jackson said it was a failure on his part as well as Pickens part. Pickens led the team in receiving touchdowns last year with four and second in receiving yards with 801. Jackson said he expects a quote unquote big jump from Pickens in year two and the expectations for him is to play at a great level. Let me uh let me dive into this for a second here. So just to start the quote between or, or the quote that they're taking it from is this. Let me take, let me tell you, cause it was said to me from Frisman Jackson during coaching interviews, during minicamp, I asked, what are the expectations for George Pickens in, in year two? He said, quote, it has to be a big jump. The onus is on me to have him take that next step, that big jump that we are all searching for and want. He's got to be a great player for us. We need him to be a great player and for him to play like he did last year. That's a failure on my part. That's a failure on his part. And so he's got to play at a great level. And the expectations is for him to play at a great level this year. Now, before you just take that one quote and say, oh, well, there it is. You have to follow the context. And the context was a very long conversation between Frisman Jackson, myself, and Mike Prosciutto of WVDVE, who were talking about them, the Steelers, wanting to add slant routes and more underneath stuff to George Pickens' game so that he's not just a deep threat. He's a, Frisman Jackson literally said that if it is one-on-one coverage down the sideline, George Pickens is open and he expects a catch 100% of the time. He said at worst, 99.9% of the time he should win that, that battle. This year, he wants him to be able to, quote, he's got to be able to take a slant and go 60 with it. That's what we were talking about, just the evolution of his game. They took the word failure, ran with it, 
didn't let it go. And now a billion people, 91,000 to be exact, have seen it and have said, oh, well, George Pickens is being viewed as a failure. Well, what are your, you got thoughts? I got plenty of thoughts, but I'm gonna let you go first. Well, yeah, this was just, I mean, I understand how you could misread that, but yeah, yeah, this yeah. was, but this was about, I, I don't know. It seemed, it, it seemed to me like it was more about, look, if George Pickens plays the way he did last season, then that's a failure. You know, yeah. then if he's not taking steps forward, that is a failure, which is a completely reasonable thing to say because of like he, like your you, the quote you read explains they expect a lot from George Pickens and he expects a lot from himself. And he was a little one-dimensional at times last year. And and to add things to his game is, is a natural progression for every rookie receiver. But I don't know. It just it seemed a little lazy, it seemed a little like you're trying to stir up controversy where it's not there. Um, and, and there's a story to talk about there. There's like, you know, George Pickens adding things to his game. Like it's not, it's not like there's nothing to talk about and we're just fishing for something, fishing for a story here but they fished for the wrong story. And now a bunch of people have the wrong impression, I think, of, of what George Pickens is, what's expected of George Pickens and what the Steelers think of him. Yeah, agreed. And I think that it it led to probably a large number of people being upset at Firstman Jackson and maybe having a bad taste in their mouth for him now. And I just, you're right. There was a story there. The story was the Steelers are trying to turn George Pickens into an even bigger superstar. Like their their idea for him this year is to be, George Pickens 2.0, which is supposed to be a Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase type athlete. That's what they want him to be able to do. Instead, it's like, oh, he was looked at as a failure. It was a bad rookie season. No, it wasn't. Like it was a Frisman Jackson loves George Pickens, and he had nothing but great things to say about him in like a five to six minute conversation. Like it wasn't like it was just like uh, 30 seconds of this is nonsense, George. Like he was giving great quotes. He was real into the conversation. He was ready to go and, and talk up George Pickens while also being honest about what they're trying to do with him in year two. You don't run with these things. I think that's the thing is like th- it's this time of the year. It's the quietest part of the offseason. We have six weeks before the Steelers return to practice in those six weeks. So much nonsense will hit the scene so much. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes you get sucked into the nonsense. Sometimes you fall for the nonsense. Sometimes you need the nonsense to talk about because there's nothing else to talk about. But we're like three days into the nonsense and there's just no, you know, there's no need to grab this one and run with it. And I think that just like you said, like there was a story there. And if you did your job correctly, you would see that the real story is a positive one and not one that you're just looking to to make headlines with. And I got, I dude, I had a dozen plus people in my DMs hitting me up saying, is this real? Is George Pickens really, are the Steelers really upset with George Pickens season? And I'm like, no, I don't even know what this means. Like this is, this is ridiculous. It, it is a, uh, it's a false narrative. It's, it's what, it, it's pretty much blatantly like a lie, you know, it's mm-hmm. fabrication. Um, and I, I think you just, you know, it's a fair warning that we have to start here. It's just like the Deontay stuff, you know, back when we were talking to Calvin Austin about the Deontay yeah. Johnson nonsense, you always get slow parts. And during those slow parts, people are going to go nuts. Right. And you just gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta take it. You gotta do your own investigating on some things and not take it, not take it so, so serious and so straightforward because Twitter accounts lie, man. That's just, well, also, yeah, this is, this is like a big, like national, like they cover the entire, they're, they're, you know, talking about the entire NFL. Like they don't know the, they don't know the context of, you know, 
of these day uh, of these conversations day in and day out. They're not the ones talking to these coaches like you are. Like these are, I, I don't know. You you miss a lot of context when you're just typing out tweets and and just posting pictures and trying to trying to look for for conflict. But you know sometimes there's there's value in people who are on the ground and and who are actually doing this stuff and actually actually seeing it every day and can and can tell you a little bit more about the relationship that these coaches and these players have with each other. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you want good reporting, don't go to the national media. And I got nothing against the national media. I actually enjoy the national media quite a bit for what they do. But, you know, and especially Twitter, don't ever believe a Twitter account ever. Right. If you if there is no if this person does not right. write for something, they do not put out journalistic work. They're not a journalist. They're just a Twitter account. And you right. do, it's a, it's a no. faceless, nameless Twitter account, just NFL rookie watch. And like, you can't really trace yep. that back to anyone or anything like it's yep. there's no accountability for them. If they do get something wrong, they can just, you know, they'll just have they, people in their quote sheets. That's it. That's all they, they can ignore every single part. That's the thing. You know, you get me, you, Kaboli, anybody that we talk about on this show that has boots on the ground at camp. You know, if I write something that isn't real, chances are not only are the Steelers going to come up to me during practice and and bitch me out. But that player, like I run the risk of that play, and I've seen it. Like I've seen James Harrison get like crazy mad at people. I've seen Marquise Pouncey get mad. You know, I've seen players be like, yo, where is this guy? I got to go find him. You know, Zach Banner, the one year during training camp, was walking by me and Nick Fairbaugh, yells up to the stands and looks right at Nick. And he's like, call me a question mark again. Call me a question mark again. And kept walking. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you get, there's some accountability because you have to actually, you know, there's a rule. Rich Eisen says this all the time. And I've, I, I hold it very true to myself. You know, I won't say anything that I won't say to somebody in person, you know, and I've been real harsh on guys like Mason Rudolph and all that. I'd say right to his face, you know, Matt Cannon and I've said it to Matt Cannon's agent. Like I've, I've been, I'm very honest about the things that I've said on here. Twitter accounts, they don't have to do that. So Take everything with a grain of salt. Do your own research. Make sure that you're not falling for the traps when it comes to the slow part of the off seasons because, man, people get you. And this one was a bad one because I think George Pickens, I think he's in for a big year. And I also think that the narrative that he's got off-field issues needs to go away because I think George is a good guy. Who's just, you know, he's just a wide receiver. All wide receivers are just a little bit, you know, a little bit dramatic. Nothing you can do about it. You know, you blow it up, it always causes more drama. All right, let's uh let's dive into some rookies here, but first we got a word from our boys over at Manscaped. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair, and if you grew some winter man tits, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless. It's time to get ready for a hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code Steelers20. This is perfect because I'm going to Jamaica and we'll talk about that at the end of the show here, but I'm I'm about to head to the beach here for a week and I'm a, I'm a not a huge chest hair type of guy. Fiance is a big chest hair type of guy. So I can either look like a grizzly mm. bear that's all sandy or I can look bald and totally fine and i think manscape kind of you know they're helping you out yeah they're gonna save me this time mm-hmm. around because uh well actually i'll tell you 
exactly why. Manscaped is dedicated to helping your you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with their Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. Their trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut hair on loose skin and to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology. You can even trim an arrow pointing to the promised land if you're bold enough. Inside the performance package, you'll find the Manscaped Progress crop preserver excuse me ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day no one likes nose hairs so their package also comes with the weed whacker 2.0 you've also got two free gifts the shed travel bag which is a 40 dollars value add and the patented high performance reduced chafing manscaped boxers If you're wearing sandals, you need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for the grooming essential, do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code Steelers20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping and all you have to do is use our code Steelers20 at Manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. Yeah, gotta love them. What a way to finish that. What a way to close that out. That's always. I always try to give like a little pause at that last one because it's always a banger. You know, they never they never yeah. leave you hanging. It's always there's some, uh, you know, and, and just like Manscaped, just like everybody else, it's the quiet part of the offseason. So they're they're like, all right, you know, we don't need to bring on the bangers during the winter months. Man, these ad reads are my favorite thing to do three times a week. <laughs> Yeah, the, I remember the Christmas ones. The Christmas ones were really yeah. special. Those were yeah. You can't you can't beat the holiday manscaped ad reads. You just you just can't. All right, let's get into some rookies. We want to talk about all the undrafted and obviously drafted rookies who we believe could make the Steelers roster. We've seen them at OTAs for three weeks. We've seen them at three days of mini camp practice. Here we are heading into training camp. We got a little bit of buzz, a little bit of an idea of who stands out and who really could make this team. There's a long list of drafted and undrafted guys. I want to start with you. Who do you have on your list? Give me maybe one or two sleepers from this rookie class that you believe can make their way onto the 53. Yeah, so I'll start with two defensive guys. Um, the first one, I, I really hope I pronounce his name right, uh, James Nyawam, Ny, Nyamwaya. Yeah, James sounds right Nyamwaya. to me. Uh, d- yeah, defensive end, 6'5", 305 pounds from Merrimack College. Um, it's Defensive line is going to be a tough position, I feel like, this this season for a rookie to crack, especially an undrafted rookie, to, to crack the roster. But I like his size. I don't think he'll stay as a defensive end. That seems, you know, at 305 pounds. I'm not sure how long that'll last. But, uh, you know, he's productive at Merrimack College. He, uh, you know, I, I think this guy can play. I, I really think he's got some explosive capability to him. Um, I think defensive line like for how deep the Steelers are I still think that they could use some depth there and I think this is a guy that could be a good fit for the back end of the roster as a developmental piece um I'll also go with David Perales linebacker out of Fresno State I really I think this was a guy that people were really excited about when he uh leaves to sign yeah, yeah, not drafted. Drafted. I'm, I'm pretty sure yes but you know when he signed people thought oh this is this was a guy that could have been drafted um he, he fell out of the draft but 
the Steelers maybe got a little bit of a steal. Um, again, really good size, uh, super productive. Another guy who could and, – and, and the Steelers could still use some linebackers. Like this is a guy who we could maybe see actually on the field, um, not even just in a – in a special teams capacity, but actually playing some defense for them. Uh, yeah, kind of I, I like David Prowse. I think that he's a guy to definitely watch in training camp. A lot of fans are excited about him as well. I mean, what do you have? He had like 38 tackles for loss or something in college. The number is ridiculous. Right. Um, he's just ultra productive on the field, which I think is huge. Uh, he's got an opportunity because the Steelers typically keep four. That obviously alters, and you don't know what's going to happen with injuries, but I think he's got an upper hand over Quincy Roche. I think he probably has an upper hand over Toby Nguakwe. I think that he's just like that guy that could sneak his way in here. Once the pads come on, I'm very interested. Once the preseason starts, because I think that's huge. Like that's how these guys make a name for themselves. They go out in the preseason and there's always one of them. You know, it was Ola Adenini a couple of years ago. It was uh, Tuzar Skipper a couple of years ago. These guys that just go yeah. off in the preseason, have crazy games, and then just not only locked themselves in for this season and, and Skipper actually didn't even make the roster that year, but they find themselves coming back. Like those are guys that the Steelers keep an eye on. So when they need an outside linebacker, those are the guys that they give a call to. They don't just go out and get any random veteran. I think Perales is a good dude. Um, I, I've heard good things about him from guys like Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, Marcus Golden about his production. So I think that he is most certainly a name to watch. I'll give you two of them that I have before we go through pretty much everybody here. They're both from the XFL, which I know are not rookies. Technically, they're both veterans. But I believe that the two new guys, young new guys that have stepped on the field for the Steelers that I think have impressed me the most so far are Luke Barku, who might be the most impressive, and Hakeem Butler. Butler obviously is a fan favorite. He's 27 years old, so he's definitely not a rookie at this point. He's a former fourth-round pick. He spent... I believe a year or two with the Arizona Cardinals and then a year with the Philadelphia Eagles comes to Pittsburgh. He led the XFL in touchdowns with eight this past season. He had like 599 yards or something like that. Um, he comes to Pittsburgh. He's got an opportunity, but that opportunity is going to be tough. Like he's got to beat out miles Boykin. He's got to beat out Anthony Miller. He's got to beat out Gunnar Olszewski, Cody white, all these guys, Des Fitzpatrick, who's been making plays during OTAs and minicamp. But I do think that he's got an upper hand just because he's 6'5". He's a big body. You know, he gets fans excited. He's got to prove his special team's worth. I think that'll be huge. He's got to be able to, you know, outplay Miles Boykin, who I believe is the favorite right now to make the roster in that final receiver spot. But if he does, if he could play special teams and, and proves that Danny Smith could like this guy, I think he's got an opportunity. Luke Marcou. I talked to the last day of minicamp and I just went out to him and I said, yo, give me a rundown of all the plays you've made because every single day it feels like you're making something. The dude said he's had a couple of picks. Mm -hmm. He had a pick six against Mitch Trubisky. He finished minicamp with four pass deflections. And he said, that's just the start. Like I talked to him and he said, you know, what gets me riled, what gets the juices flowing is when there's fans. He's like, I'm built for the atmosphere. So once training camp starts, he mm -hmm. expects that atmosphere to be great. He expects to make even more plays to earn his place. He's got to beat out James Pierre. That's going to be tough as well, but I think that he's young. He's only 24 years old. He doesn't have a ton of NFL experience, really none when it comes to the NFL experience. I think he is a bit raw, which kind of excites the Steelers to the point where maybe they can mold him into something because we kind of see where James Pierre is, and we don't really know what Barku could turn into. Yeah, 
So when we when we ran through this, you know, briefly before we before we started recording, you mentioned Barku, and I don't know how much I, I he definitely wasn't a guy that I was thinking about when I was running through this list of rookies of, of guys who could make the roster. But you know, yeah, he has he is produced in minicamp. Like he's made some plays. It's just it's going to be a tough position to like corner is just a tough position for any rookie oh, yeah. to make. Like it's a real deep group for the for the Steelers already, and. I think it also has as much to do with you know what they make of of James mm-hmm. Pierre, like that you mentioned him as one of the, as one of those guys who's going to be on the chopping block if uh, if Barku does make it. Uh, it it'll just be really interesting to watch them when the pad come on pads come on and like you said when when Barku gets in front of that environment and when they start really really competing with with one another that it'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah, that I'm excited camp. for the uh, Luke Barku Hakeem Butler matchup in these backup oh, squads yeah. that would be uh i did not pay attention to that in minicamp once pats you know because marcus is just a small dude but you know you never know feisty, feisty. you know feisty makes some plays plays inside outside yeah. i don't know i think he's certainly a name to watch all right so we named four of them let's kind of go through the rest we'll start with the drafted guys obviously broderick jones is making the roster zero questions asked um joey porter jr probably going to start at this point so not really worried yeah. that he's going to make the roster. Uh, Keanu Benton's in the same boat, making the roster, probably going to start. Right. Um, you hit Nick Herbig, who has made plays, but I think that's when things start to get. Oh, Darnell Washington making the roster. Not, not me. Yep, yep, yep. You, you don't draft a 12 foot tight end to say, ah, yeah, maybe not. Maybe we'll keep Connor Hayward. Practice yeah, squad guy. Yeah, yeah. No chance. <laughs> yeah. um, Nick Herbig, I think, is where things start to become a bit of a, a bit of a question. I'm not going to say that Nick Herbig isn't going to make the roster. I think that he's also a lock to make the roster. Um, but I think you could question that. Do you feel differently or you think that he's also in the boat of a pretty secure spot? Oh, I feel pretty secure in saying that Nick Herbig is going to not just make the roster, but I think like play some significance, like snaps on defense. Like I really, I'm pretty high on Nick Herbig. I like him a lot. Um, I think linebacker is a position of need. I feel like the Steelers would love to to get some youth yep. injected there. I, I'm I'm all yeah, in me on too. Nick I think yeah. he looks very impressive. I think he's the most impressive rookie to this point. Yeah, he just wow. there's just been headline after headline, mostly from me about Nick Herbig making plays during OTAs and minicamp. I mean, Darnell, people are going to make a big deal about Darnell Washington. I saw a couple of them that were like Darnell Washington's turning heads at minicamp. I think he looks impressive. Nick Herbig. I mean, Nick Herbig was so good that Mike Tomlin had to ask the defensive line to get off the field during team. They're like, you got, we're done. We're not going to use defenders anymore and just let the offense rock. That's how good he's looked during OTAs and minicamp. I do think he's going to look real, real good. And then you got the last two, Corey Trice, which I believe, you know, as much as people enjoy this guy, he's a seventh round pick. And I don't know if he's necessarily a lock. Like if he sits in the same boat as James Pierre, I believe, and the rest of them were like, yeah, like you, you could look good and you could, they want you to make this team, but they want you to make this team. You don't guarantee yourself anything as a seventh round pick. Yeah, I love. His talent, but based off of some injury concerns like that, that dropped yeah. him a little bit. I would really like to see him make the roster i think he could be really helpful but yeah i mean seventh round pick nothing's guaranteed at all um you've really got to earn your way onto that onto that uh onto that roster and i don't know if trice is really done 
done that yet. You know, like he's got to, yep. he's got to really start to make some plays. So training camp is going to be big for him. He's going to, I, I think if he did make the roster, he could, he could really make some plays and he could play some defense, but yeah, you got to actually, cause I feel like we've heard nothing about him through minicamp and OTAs. It's been kind of, he's been moving quietly. I'll put it that way. Yeah. He had that one day where he like blew up headlines. We talked about him, but after that it was, it was very quiet. I mean, Hakeem Butler actually had a jump ball on the sidelines, which I thought was a very good opportunity for Corey Trice to be like, nobody right, right. guard me. Hakeem Butler came down with the football, and I was like, mm, that's yeah, that's for a the, rough the on 60, Corey Trice. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing was his length, and he's 6'3", and he's huge. He's, but if you're you know, losing jump ball, and I get it, Hakeem Butler's big, but yeah, he's only two inches bigger than you. Like, you gotta be Yeah, you got to come down with us, or at least bat the ball. Like, you got to make a play, and, and I think that that's going to be the thing, is like Corey Trice has to be as consistent as humanly possible once the pads come on to guarantee himself a spot like he's got the upper hand it's for him to lose it but if Luke Barku if Madre Harper like if if two guys just if James Pierre just start going off it's going to be really tough for the Pittsburgh Steelers to say we're keeping a seventh round pick like you're not a lock for anything even if the Steelers want him to be that guy you got to earn it Um, which brings us to the second guy here Spencer Anderson final pick in the draft the the problem here is that the Steelers have so many offensive linemen, like a ton. And Spencer Anderson, what helps him is the fact that he could play all five positions. He has experience in all five positions, but the Steelers have two backup guards already in Kevin Dotson and Nate Herbig, and they have a backup tackle in Broderick Jones. It's tough for this guy to see himself make the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he might be good enough to, you know, as a baseline, as a talent level to, to make the roster, but there just might not be a spot for him, which is really unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. You hope they can keep him around as a practice squad guy because, you know, God forbid their their injuries or whatever, uh, he could he could be a good good piece to bring up, and I think you know a good depth piece. But yeah, there's just not really room for him, which is unfortunate because I think he's I think they kind of got a steal when they when they drafted him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the only way that he makes the active roster is if Kevin Dotson gets traded before the start of the season, which I'm not going to take off the table. I think that that's still a possibility. Even if it's quiet right now, I think that'll ramp up once injuries start to happen and teams kind of realize the the needs that they have and how they need to fill those. I I would say it's early for a Kevin Dotson move, but you know, definitely a possibility. I think that's the only way that Spencer Anderson sees himself make the roster, which you know, kind of leaves a hole because your backup center at that point is like Nate Herbig, who has right. a little tiny bit of center experience, but not really a ton. So you're banking on some guys. I mean, James Daniels could play center if you need him to, but that's getting that's yeah. getting messy at that point. Like you're just you're banking on way too much there. But I agree. I don't know if he is a guy that necessarily makes the roster. When you go through the rest of them, you got BT Potter. I think we could both agree is not going to make the roster over Chris yeah. Boswell. You know, the only reason that the Steelers bring in rookie kickers every year is because they don't want Chris Boswell to kick almost at all during training camp and the preseason because they've had an injury in the past in the preseason that they well, that sparked Chris Boswell's career, but didn't work out very well for them during the season. And they also want him to be comfortable. You know, if just like last year when Chris Boswell went down with a groin injury, they want to have somebody who could just walk into the facility and already feel like they've been a part of this team before who understands what they're doing, who's familiar with Danny Smith and Presley Harvin and Christian Koontz and could kind of just step on the field there. But, I mean, unless you feel differently, I do not believe he is uh, making the team. 
Nope. That uh, that all makes sense to me. That I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Next is uh, Monty the Mullet Pottenbaum, who, even if he has the best nickname in Pittsburgh, I just don't. I don't see a spot yeah. for him. I think what gets tough here is if you're going to keep four tight ends in Pat Fryermuth, Zach Gentry, Darnell Washington, and Connor Hayward, you can't keep a fullback. Connor Hayward's yeah. got to be your fullback and or at least like you know fill that roster spot and that just kind of bounces monty pottenbaum off i think they could keep him on the practice squad i think maybe he could be a special teamer but i just don't think he's got a shot at the roster yeah and he just doesn't i don't feel like he doesn't do enough for you on offense to he's not a spectacular special teamer he doesn't do enough for you on offense there's just not not enough there to justify a roster spot especially like you said given all the the other tight ends that they have yeah, yeah, agreed. You get into some interesting ones here. Tanner Morgan, who is not going to make the roster, obviously, but I think the bigger question here is, is he going to get Chris Oladokant? Is he going to get more than 10 snaps during training camp? Is he going to get any snaps during training I won't lie to you. won't lie to you. The last day of minicamp, somebody said to me, they were like, hey, you want to know who I haven't seen at all? Tanner Morgan. And I went, wow, yeah. I forgot he's here. Like, I totally forgot he was on the team. He did yeah. not. I don't believe he took one single snap during minicamp or OTAs. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but we're going to act like I am. I don't don't believe he took one. I don't know if he's going to take any during training camp, but I would say the chances of him making this roster are about zero. Which I OK, I, I get it. Like, I'm not shocked, I guess, that, that Tanner Morgan hasn't taken any snaps in, in OTAs or minicamp, but. I don't, you know what you have in Mitch and Mason, and honestly, Ken, like Kenny's going to take the first team reps. He works yeah, with them, but like you, you don't even want to explore like what you have in Tanner Morgan. You don't even want to like test him out, like throw him against yeah. some NFL competition and see what's there. See, I, I agree with that one, especially like with the third team. I think Kenny takes most of the snaps during training camp, just because like this is, you know, this is this is his full first off season as a starter. So you want Ken, you know, Kenny, Kenny should be on the field ninety percent of the time. But you don't really need a ton of Mitch Trubisky. You know, you definitely you need almost no Mason Rudolph out there. Maybe you toss right. Tanner Morgan out there for a two minute drill here and there and see how he could do. You know what I mean? Get him some reps during team drills when you when you know when you would put Mason in there. Like, I think that that makes all the sense. Like, what is Mason going to do? What, you know what you have in Mason. Everybody on this field knows what you have in Mason. They've worked with them for four years now, five years now. It's not like they're like, oh, I got to get comfortable with Mason Rudolph. No, they've been comfortable with Mason Rudolph. I, I agree. Right. I think you should test out Tanner Morgan here or there. Will they? I would say, I would say probably not. I don't think Mason Rudolph gets yeah. many snaps in training camp. I think it's a very Kenny Mitch right. heavy Latrobe, St. Vincent College this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next one is another exciting name, Jordan Bird, wide receiver slash kick return specialist. He's like five seven, little dude. Working with Calvin Austin, who kind of took him under his wing as another little guy. He made a couple of good plays early, kind of fell off after that. You feeling uh you feeling any type of way about Jordan Bird? Well, I think this is interesting. I think that he's an interesting name along with uh, you know, Alfonso Graham, who we'll maybe talk a little bit more about later, but uh and, and Darius Hagens. Um all these guy all these kind of um offensive specialists that you think might be able to help him on special teams, like in the return game or something like that. That that's really where guys are gonna separate themselves because look, like receivers real full, running backs real full. Like these guys aren't gonna make it based off of their offensive abilities, quite honestly. Yeah, but I think Bird is. I I, I you know I think you have to lean towards no. Like it's the, that he won't make the roster. Like it's just the odds are stacked against him. But he's probably the, he's the most proven kick returner. I think. 
of these of this kind of category of you know running back or receiver who's bound to help them who if they who if they are going to make the roster is going to make it as as a special teamer this guy is the most proven one just based off his college you know yeah. college career yeah i agree i think that if he like he he gives me matthew sexton vibes you know what i mean okay. a little cheddar bob like <laughs> He's got an opportunity. If he comes out here in training camp, he shows out, he plays well, and then he goes into the preseason and he makes a couple of plays. You never know. You know, you never know. The Steelers don't have a lock for that last spot. I think Hakeem Butler and Miles Boykin sit on the same pedestal as Jordan Bird right now. There's an opportunity. Yep. You know, you don't, it's not like that's that fifth roster spot is like, oh, it's got to be a 6 3 to 6 yep. 5 wide receiver. Like, no, it, it could be Jordan Bird. It very much so could be. Jordan Bird, he's got to make some plays, but like, dude, could you imagine if he takes off in the preseason and like takes a takes a punt back for a touchdown or something? It's going to be real hard for anybody to say, ah, don't keep him around. You know, like right. it's a sixth roster or fifth roster spot. Like he's not going to play offense. He's a great backup plan, you know, and at that point, like you have Calvin Austin, you have Deontay Johnson. If you need him, you have probably Anthony McFarlane, which we're going to get to here in a second, possibly Alfonso Graham, who has kick return ability too, and Jordan Burt. Like you have plenty of guys who could stand back there and receive some punts and you got to feel, you know, better to have options than not enough options. I think, I think board bird will be an interesting one, especially once guys get their hands on him, but he's got to like, he's got to make some plays when given the opportunity. He cannot be, yeah. you're not, you're not just going to make it by being a good punt returner. You got to be able to make some plays on offense, even if it's not the preseason during training camp. The last two here, we'll start with Darius Haggins. Uh, undrafted guy, HBCU guy out of Virginia State. Been quiet. Almost no news about him. But you feeling good? He's a big. He's their biggest back outside of Najee Harris right now. So, you know, he offers a definitely more of a Benny Snell type body. But he's got some speed. Um, you expect him to make some noise? How do you feel about him? I kind of don't. Um I don't know. I, I feel like there is, like you alluded to with Anthony McFarland, I don't think McFarland is honestly long for Pittsburgh. I feel like that's kind of, that relationship has kind of run its course. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there's an opening for Hagens, Um, but I feel like, I feel like they would want, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't think Hagens is slow, but I think they would opt for someone more like a bird or an Alfonso Graham who has, you know, a little bit better speed, maybe a little bit smaller, maybe just a different kind of back from, even Jalen Warren and and Najee Harris, who are yeah. stockier, a little bigger, play with more power, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that they had their fun with with Benny Snell, and they love they love their powerhouse football. Don't get me wrong; they love those guys. There was a reason that they went Najee. There was a reason that they went Benny Snell. There was a reason that they went Jalen Warren before that, or James Conner before that. I think that they're ready for. You know, I think that they could they see what they could possibly have in Anthony McFarland, and they have seen what they could have in Anthony McFarland in that like explosive catch the ball out of the backfield, make some plays in open space type of guy. And they want that, even if it's not in McFarland, in another running back, you know. And I think that Jason Huntley brings that. I think that Alfonso Graham brings that. I don't think Darius Haggins brings that type of atmosphere. But again, you know, it, it could come into training camp and we could be watching backs on backers. And Darius right. Haggins could be lighting everybody up. And at that moment, you're just like, well, okay, things are, this guy just needed some pads on before right. we really saw him, exp you know, Master Teague, like last year. You were, you run over Mark Robinson twice. Yeah. Your name will be on the map. Trust me. You know, might not be, you still might not make the roster, but people are going to know about you. And that's when the wheels start turning 
with undrafted guys, I think you got to have a bit of a fan base going into it, yeah. which kind of leads us to the last one, Alfonso Graham, who has a fan base already. Yeah. Steelers fans are very excited about Alfonso Graham. Um, Eddie Faulkner said, quote unquote, that they you know might have something in this guy. They just enjoy what they see out of him so far. He obviously got blown up by Minka Fitzpatrick that put him on the scene. And I think, I think that helped, you know, like I, yeah. I, I give him all pro- you know, when you're a kid and you're going to like AAU tournaments and stuff, and especially like I played lacrosse and they tell you all the time, like me and my dad would go to Dick's before anything. And he'd be like, pick out the brightest socks you could find, you know, like mm-hmm. you gotta, you got something, you know, just cause you're, you're the, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're the kid with the neon socks. Like, you know, you might suck, but people are going to remember the kid with the neon socks. You go up against Minka Fitzpatrick and get blown up. People are going to remember that, you know, so good props to him. It was a great move on his part, even if it didn't work out. And if it did work out, he probably would already have a spot on the roster, but he's, he's, he's a, he's a little dude. He's very explosive. He's got about 1600 yards coming out of college, including 1100 yards, his final year at Morgan state. What do you feel about him? I like him. I like him. I think this is a guy who actually could, who has a better chance than not at making the roster, quite honestly. Like, I, I think they, like you said, he has a fan base. I, I like his skills. He's a different kind of back than what they have. I'm I'm pretty high on Alfonso Graham. And, and I feel like we've heard a lot about, you know, him making plays in minicamp and, and OTAs. I, I think this guy's put together a good as good a resume as he could so far. And I, I think that will only get better by the time Latrobe run the uh, by the time he arrives at Latrobe, quite honestly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they already kind of view him as the next Jalen Warren. They're excited about him. I think that Anthony McFarlane holds the upper hand, and I don't think that's going to change right now. But Alfonso Graham comes in here and makes some plays, just like Jay- like Jalen Warren, I don't think, had an upper hand coming into training camp. I think he just had a name. You know, like Steelers fans knew who he was. The Steelers knew who he was, but... I don't think that he held, I think that, you know, and that was pretty clear at the beginning, like Anthony McFarlane was doing crazy things all over the place. Like they had him playing wide receiver in the backfield, off ball, off the line, like a million different ways. And then Jalen Warren broke out and had big play after big play and great practice after great practice. And eventually Anthony McFarlane faded. And I think that has to happen again. Like I think Anthony McFarlane, I agree with you that I think his time has kind of run through Pittsburgh. I don't think they see him as a long-term option, but I do think that, they understand that he's got the capability of playing in the NFL and that's all they wanted in that third guy. But Alfonso Graham, if all he's got to do is start stacking practices and then you just look at him as just for one, this guy is super cheap, incredibly undrafted cheap, which, and and you could have him for three years on the cheapest deal that you could possibly imagine. He could turn into Jalen Warren if he want to, and he's raw enough where you could still mold him into whatever you want to mold him into and utilize him in any way that you want to utilize him. So I do think that he's got a real strong opportunity to make this roster. He's exciting. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's going to be the guy that, you know, fan, the, the Steelers are a boring team this, this summer, you know, they, yeah, they have their awesome. quarterback, they have their starting pretty much all the starters are filled. There's no major competitions. RB three is the competition to watch. And I'm all about that life. You know, like yeah. you give me, you give me Anthony McFarlane and, you know, Alfonso Graham in the, the second half of a preseason game against whoever going off. I'm all for that life, you know, yeah. like, especially with a decent offensive line in front of them that like they'll have this year with guys like Kevin Dotson and Nate Herbig standing in there. I don't know. I think, I think it could be a very accelerating or exhilarating, uh, end of the summer for, uh, 
for the running backs in Pittsburgh. But I do. I agree with you. I think he's got a shot with that. I think we've covered everybody. I think so. It'd be exciting. I think we have a couple of guys on here that we think could make the team, which is cool. Yeah. You know, outside of the drafted guys, a couple of guys to watch for. It's going to be a good summer. It's going to be good training camp. Like we said at the beginning of this, please don't fall for any of the the nonsense that you see on social media over the next six weeks because things will be uh, things will be righted once we get to training camp and it will be just nothing but real football talk and plenty of good times out in uh, St. Vincent College of Latrobe. With that, we're heading out of here. I do have an announcement. I am taking off for vacation for the rest of the week. Uh, very excited. I haven't taken a vacation in two, three years, so... My time at the beach will be well enjoyed. Don't worry, though. Steven has you covered all week at allsteelers.com and on the podcast. He'll be here Wednesday with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, and then him and Derek kick off Friday and next Monday, so stay tuned. My to-go's will be here every every day as well. I'll have you covered there, so don't have to worry about those. But come back, hang out with Steven, hang out with Chris, hang out with Derek. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate you holding the fort down uh, while I'm gone, my friend. No problem. I, I hope you enjoy your vacation. Jamaica it sounds like it's going to be lovely, and we'll keep things held down on, on this end. Yes, appreciate you, Jamaica. We'll be, uh, we'll be a good time. Like I said, I'm taking off. So for everybody who's wondering why I'm not getting back to you on Twitter, not getting back to you in the comments, I will next Tuesday. Until then, enjoy another beautiful week in the Berg. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk, and find us anywhere you get your podcast. Like I said, Steven will be back on Wednesday with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. Until then, enjoy the week. Peace.